Hey Cryptonauts, welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, and today the metaverse is becoming a reality. And I'll tell you what, I am excited to jump on board once it's available. So with that said, enjoy the podcast. Oh yeah, by the way, make sure to check us out in Discord and YouTube. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabrelli, here to give you the top 10 daily stats, as well as your crypto news of the day. All right, Jake, how's it been going? Haven't talked to you in a few days. I, I was actually on the road the last time uh, you hosted the podcast, and uh, I didn't get, get a good chance to really touch base with you. What's been going on? A uh, lot's been going on. In fact, Gala's way up and a lot of other uh, metaverse and other such token things. And that has been padding my uh, portfolio nicely. But uh, as far as as far as uh, advice on such things goes, this this content is for entertainment purposes only. And any comments made by us, the host, or any guests we have on the show is not considered financial advice. All right, Cryptonauts, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats, starting off with Bitcoin, settling at $57,715.65 with a 7-day loss of 4.7% and a market cap of $1.89 trillion. In second place, we have Ethereum, settling at $4,321.87 with a 7-day gain of 0.4% and a market cap of five hundred and twelve billion dollars number three we have binance settling at six hundred and ten dollars and eighty one cents with a seven day gain of five point three percent and a market cap of one hundred and two billion dollars number four tether settling at one dollar and a seven day loss of 0.6 percent and a market cap of seventy three billion dollars number five solana settling at two hundred and ten dollars and ninety cents with a seven day loss of three point eight percent and a market cap of $64 billion. Number six, Cardano settling at $1.69 with a 10.2% uh, seven-day loss and a market cap of $54 billion. Number seven, XRP settling at $1.05 with a seven-day loss of 4.9% and a market cap of $49 billion. Number eight, Polkadot, settling at $39.17 with a seven-day loss of 8.2% and a market cap of $41 billion. Number nine, USD coin, settling at $1 and a seven-day loss of 0.6% and a market cap of $37 billion. And number 10, Dogecoin, settling at $0.22 cents with a seven-day loss of 7.9% and a market cap of $29 billion. And you can see Avalanche is right behind that. We got Shiba, CryptoCoin, and Terra Litecoin. It's all looking pretty dang good. Yeah, look at that. Down to 25. Nice. Beautiful. Out of the top 25, what looks really good to you, Jake? Top 25, huh? Um, I'm looking Polygon. Polygon seems to be doing pretty well in general just because so many people are trading NFTs on it now. Mm. Um, Algorand I've always liked just because it's so ridiculously easy to send and receive. It's very fast and very simple to do. All proof of stake, so 
makes sense there. Uh, I am interested in the fact that you know um, Crypto.com is in the top 15 now um, because its popularity, having label slapped its label onto the stadium, now it's picking up new interested parties. Did they did they um, buy out the stadium? Do you know if they bought it or they just? No, they just put their name on it for 700 million dollars. Wow. Yeah, wow. for a 20-year contract to have their name branded all over that building. So now it's the Crypto.com Center instead of whatever it was before. Um, yeah, right. it's... Let's do the really quick. The uh, total market cap, uh, $2.74 trillion, up by 2.2%. And, oh, market, uh, Bitcoin market cap dominance. Did you notice that, Jake? Did you notice that? Under 40%. Mm. ETH is on about 20%. What? 18.7. ETH is at 18.7%. It's nearly 20%. So it's you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's usually half of what Bitcoin is, but we what shall I, see how it goes in the future. What I did so long notice, it takes over. <laughs> what I did notice is that CoinGecko did remove a bunch of coins here, which is good. They clean things up, man. No more scam coins. Yeah, and they actually gave numbers to a lot of them, too. Uh, previous coins that didn't have a value at all have now reached a value. Like our favorite Dynamo, uh, which is now somewhere above three, above below three thousand. But I mean, it's actually got a number. <laughs> really? Let's check it. Oh yeah, two thousand five hundred eighty-nine. Nice, beautiful. All right, for the cryptonauts out there, make sure you set up your CoinGecko account so you can get your free candies of the day. There you go. I've already collected mine for today, as you can see here. Uh, you get your awesome. Let's see, here we go. Let's go to rewards here. You get some awesome free little goodies. Uh, Jake and I, we we bought a couple of things off of here. And it's awesome because it's technically free if you just come in here every single day to collect your candies and get some awesome discounts on some good uh, products out here or some free random NFTs that are put on to uh, CoinGecko. All right, Jake, go ahead. All righty. Uh, thank you all for joining us this evening. If you were listening... In the evening, <laughs> we broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday. But if you like our content, we really appreciate you to like and subscribe. Primarily like, but subscribe too if you want to get more of it on YouTube. And if you're listening to Anchor, I'm sure you're appreciating those uh, podcasts as you go about your day. You can check us out on Discord. But we've been really been doing a lot of lately is live spaces on Twitter. If you want to come join John, Blockchain John and myself, primarily Blockchain John on Twitter live spaces. You're going to get a lot of more interesting content from the people who are speaking on those in those places. It's really easy to get into, and this, we've been having a lot of fun with it. We also on Patreon. We have um, a, new content. Uh, we're putting up extra videos for people with uh, extended interviews on Patreon, and those subscriber levels are three, five, and ten. If you want to support the platform in other ways via crypto, we appreciate it in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, or Basic Attention Token. All the links and addresses are in the description below. Below, below, below. That is on Twitter. You can find me at Blockchain John. And for Jake, you can find him at Jabberelli. Okay. First news of the day written by Jason Nelson. Christie's to hold Ethereum NFT auction on OpenSea. I don't know about that. I'll see how it goes. In a bid to solidify its identity at a as the place for digital art auction, Christie's has partnered with non-fungible token NFT marketplace OpenSea for what Christie's calls a series of curated auctions starting December 1st. 
The collaboration called Christie's X uh, OpenSea will be hosted on the OpenSea website with bidding and payments made using Ethereum. To, to participate in the auction, bidders will go to the OpenSea website and place bids on the digital art being showcased. The collection will feature digital art by Andre O'Shea, Alpha Centauri, Kid, uh, Ash Thorpe, Beige, Blake, Catherine, Cyber Kongs, Dot Pigeon, Ether Rock, Friends With You, uh, Fruck Red Render, G Monk, yeah. <laughs> G Monk, Joshua Davis, Cash, Chris, Krista Kim, Macy, Macy, J, Macy, Macy J, uh, Mad Dog, Tom. There's a bunch of people on here. Okay. Tom Sachs, Olive Allen, Ocean's <laughs> World, Victor Mascara, Wisby, and Recur. Thank you. The team is heading up the collection curation are Christie's head of digital and online sales, Noah Davis, entrepreneur Ronnie uh, per Pirovino and NFT News and Analytics site NFT Now. In March 2021, Christie's sold its first NFT every day, the first 5,000 days, by Beeple for a record of $69 million. Since then, it's continued hitting the NFT market, reporting more than $100 million in NFT sales last month. Earlier this month, Beeple's Human One, a moving 3D sculpture, sold for $28.9 million at Christie's. While Christie's has become a popular place for digital artists to showcase their work, this marks the first time an NFT marketplace has partnered directly with the auction house for a series. A prominent partner as well, OpenSea has become the largest marketplace for digital art with over $11 billion in trading volume since its launch in 2017, according to Web3 Analytics website DAP Radar. Quote, with this collaboration, we are bringing the Christie's brand boldly onto the blockchain, said Davis in a press release. Our collaboration with OpenSea allows us to combine our expert curation and prestigious uh, provenance with the convenience of decentralization. Beginning December 1st through 3rd, potential buyers can browse the collection of NFTs. Open bidding goes from December 4th through 7th. Well, there you go. Um... You know, in my opinion, you know, OpenSea is technically an Ethereum-based project. So, considering that the fees are so high, I don't know about that. I'm kind of, I feel uncomfortable about that. I mean, you know, you're paying $150, $200 per transaction. If people are going to be bidding back and forth, how's that going to play out? Because, you know, obviously, every time you bid, it's technically a transaction. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out, right? That's only my concern. That's my, my biggest concern there. I thought you couldn't. All right, I don't know if bidding is a transaction. I thought you could you could say I want to do this, but you don't actually pay until the money is transferred. Because I mean, if you're doing that that way, then uh, you'd have to, if you didn't win, you'd have to get all that refunded, right? I would believe so. Yeah. For me, I think that the bidding without actually making the transaction, and then only the the winner pays the transaction fee. So how do they know if the winner actually has the uh, e uh, Ethereum? I think it's just, I, I mean, I don't know how OpenSea's, you know, auctioning system works exactly, but I, yeah. I would hope that's not the case. We'll see. Exactly. If it is the case, oh, well. But, I mean, these people are spending millions of dollars. $100 for millions of dollars isn't You're right. significant. Enough. You're right. It's Christie's. I'm sure I'm sure these are all millionaires doing, uh, doing this auction. Right. Continuing on with Jeff Benson. 
Graphi changes fees to cover Ethereum Graphi costs. This sounds a lot like another familiar company that we have, Celsius. Not just Three Arrows Capital founder Zusu who thinks Ethereum fees are out of control. Crypto companies are changing their pricing to avoid losses on ETH. Blockchain, pardon me, BlockFi, the crypto, pardon me. <coughs> Sorry about that. The uh, crypto leading firm that's battling multiple state securities regulators over its high interest savings accounts announced uh, over Twitter today that it would be no, no longer offer free withdrawals of ETH due to the increasing transaction costs. Oh, this is actually the opposite of Celsius on Ethereum network. The announcement applies not only to ETH, but four tokens that run the top Ethereum network, Chainlink, Paxgold, Uniswap, and basically Attention Token, which we also accept. Previously, BlockFi users were allowed to make one cryptocurrency withdrawal and one stablecoin withdrawal each month for free. Subsequent withdrawals were charged with an ETH removal, uh, bringing it down to 0.02 fee. Starting December 1st, Ethereum withdrawal will carry a 0.015 ETH fee with Link, PaxG, Uni, or BAT, the ones we named earlier, carrying their own charges. At current rates, that's $64 to move the digital asset out of BlockFi's savings account into your own hands. Great. So don't have, more, don't have less than $64. <laughs> Pardon me. We do not intend to profit off any withdrawal fees, BlockFi wrote, unless the change puts it at odds with the rivals such as, oh, did I say it? Celsius, which also is fending off inquiries from states over potential securities law violations. Celsius boasts that it has no withdrawal fees, which it does not. No transfer fees, no transactions fees, no early termination fees, no origination fees, nothing, but they do still pay you interest. Of course, crypto savings platforms compete on more than just fees. For starters, they both dangle large interest rates to those who store their cryptocurrencies and then aggregated funds to hand out loans that collect interest of their own. <coughs> My apologies. <clears throat> Ethereum fees have been the subject of consternation for months, as average transaction costs often exceed $50, depending on the day. The bad blood recently came into uh, to a head after Zoo announced, before walking back his comment, that he was leaving the network and lightly taking his capital with him because he felt Ethereum didn't serve regular users. And he's right. I agree. Solana, Avalanche, and others have positioned themselves as low-cost, uncongested alternatives to Ethereum, which plans on transitioning to a faster, cheaper Ethereum 2.0 network in the coming months. But BlockFi couldn't wait. And that is their loss, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. yep. They never really were that great. I mean, I know Celsius didn't have a lot of coins in the beginning. But they had more than BlockFi ever did in the beginning. So it's kind of like, great, maybe you guys should expand to other coins and offer higher interest rates. Oh, wait, it's you're getting scrutinized for that? Well, then don't sell stuff in those states, you know? <laughs> That's all you got to do, man. That's all you got to do. All right. Next news written by Andrew Hayward. How Ethereum NFT project Nouns is building open source IP. Beautiful. 
Launched in August, Nouns stands apart from any other Ethereum-based avatar projects with a couple of unique hooks. It produced and auctions just one pixel character NFT per day, which consistently sells for hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of ETH, and then all of the funds go into a shared treasury that Nouns NFT holders collectively oversee. Since its debut, Nouns has flourished as it seeks to establish viable open source intelligent property, IP. Nouns has its own DAO or decentralized autonomous organization of owners who vote on proposals for spending its pile of ETH. Plus, it, ha plus it has spawned collector DAOs like SharkDAO as well as derivative projects such as Noundles and 3D Nouns. Noundles. Now with more than jokes. <laughs> yeah, with more than sixty-four million dollars worth of ETH amassed from NFT sales to date, the Nouns DAO's next move could make the project significantly more visible to mainstream audiences. Nouns plans to work with David Horvath, the co-creator with wife Sun Sun Min Kim, of the popular long-running Ugly Doll toy, took the movie brand to expand Nouns into Hollywood and the traditional IP licensing world via a proposed initiative called. Nouns Studio One. Nouns isn't the first notable NFT project to attempt this move. Larva Labs, the creator of CryptoPunks and MeBits, signed with United Talent, Talent Agency (UTA) in August with plans to spread its creation into movies, TVs, and more. Board Ape Yacht Club creators Yuga Labs inked a deal with veteran music executives and tech investors Guy Osiri in October with similar aims. What differentiates Nouns from those projects? in this endeavor is that its creators lay no claim to the brand or randomly generated characters seen in the NFTs. The project is governed by a Creative Commons CC0 no rights reserved license, which means anyone can use the nouns name and characters to create anything. It's in the public domain. There's nouns merchandise sold by someone who doesn't own a nouns NFT for example and derivatives projects that have generated millions of dollars in traditional trading volume. And that's allowed. In the same sense, anyone could take the Nouns brand and style and create their own movies, books, and toys. The Nouns creator or nounder, Nounders like to think of the project as a protocol or application layer for other others to build upon. Ultimately, the genuine Nouns are the orig originals as proven by the publicly viewable Ethereum blockchain. You don't need copyright anymore. Nouns co-creator Punk4 one five six told decrypt of such projects in the same way that academic citations make the original paper more important cite citation of nouns in whatever form they come in at least this is our thesis will make the originals more important and more valuable nouns is not the only notable cc0 nft project out there cryptodes is another key example and there's even the derivatives nft project called noads the mashup stuff or nodes right is it nodes it's a, it's a play on toads it's nodes oh nodes okay nice nodes <laughs> no ads <laughs> nads no ads the mashup st stylistic elements of both into new nfts however nouns is the first to try and translate the approach into industries that typically thrive on properties that are either owned or exclusively licensed Punk4156 told Decrypt he expects a real exploration of the space of possibilities from brands regarding CC0 IP like nouns and that some companies will understand it and do things that are native to the medium, while others may miss the mark entirely. 
Others still won't be able to come in terms with the concept of building products around public IP, he said. A lot of companies, I think, are going to be unwilling to make the transition because they rely on this idea that their IP is a monopoly product, said Punk4156. It will be very scary for them to have to compete in a marketplace where other people can use the same IP that they can. And there's a lot more to go, but I think we're going to leave it at that and move on to the next one. It's an interesting project in general. I'm going mm. to make a point of uh, it. We definitely need some more. I w this, Yeah, we need to spread across, I think, all blockchains. CC0. Absolutely. Cardano price sinks to a three-month low after eToro limits ADA trading. Ha, 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 ha. The pro oh, wait, who's this written by? I should probably say that. Jeff Benson again. Price of ADA or Cardano, the native coin, blockchain fell today to a buck sixty, its lowest point since August 9th, fifty percent off of its all-time high of three dollars and nine cents on September second, according to CoinGecko. This movement comes on the heels of restrictions of U.S. holders of ADA and Tron by crypto trading platform eToro. Citing business-related considerations in the evolving regulatory environment, yada yada yada, business speak xxx, eToro will not not allow new Cardano or Tron buys after December 25th, Christmas. The platform will also pull support for uh, the staking of Cardano and Tron starting at the end of the year. <clears throat> Current users can maintain their holdings or sell them, although eToro says it will begin limiting Cardano and Tron sales in early 2022. eToro accounts for roughly 1% of Cardano's trading volume over the last 24 hours, but the news is contributing to an, outsi out, an outsized drop in the currency's value, which shrank um, over 10% uh, roughly in the last 24 hours. Tron has a market cap of under 7 billion compared to ADA's 52 billion, also stumbled about losing 6% on the day. IOHK CEO Charles Hodgkinson, founder of Cardano, refused to call it a delisting, tweeting, ADA is still on eToro and non-US customers can freely trade. Note he said non-US customers. In some ways, it's the least of Cardano's troubles, as token price was already trending downward. ADA is worth 24% less than it was this time last month though the arrival of smart contracts on the network in September boosted the price of decentralized, decentralized applications, DeFi gaming, and NFT protocols that use those contracts have yet to really take off in Cardano, though. DeFi Llama, which tracks the amount of cryptocurrency dedicated to decentralized exchanges, lending apps, and liquidity protocols, does not yet list Cardano, suggesting it total value locked TVL is below Ethereum competitors such as Solana, Avalanche, and Terra. If the rise of Solana has taught us anything, it's not to discount the desire for a less congested alternative to Ethereum as the protocol scales from proof-of-work to a theoretically faster and cheaper proof-of-stake algorithm. Just six months ago, Solana had under $1 billion locked into protocols on his network, and a market cap of below $8 billion. Now, those numbers are 14 and $62 billion, respectively. Cardano users are hoping its recent numbers are just a blip on the way to bigger things. Somehow, I feel like that. People should probably divest themselves of Cardano soon if they don't want to lose more money. But you think so? Hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying Cardano's bad, hmm. but I've always been a bit 
skeptical of it, even when it was going up. So, I think I'm not going to disagree with you, only because I have a feeling that uh, it's being manipulated by bots. Every coin is being manipulated by bots, but some agree. Yeah, I guess you're right. You're right. I'm not going to disagree with you with that. Depends on which, it depends on what exchange you're talking about. Hotbit is full of bots, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's move on to the next one here. Written by Andrew Hayward. NFL All Day. Dapper Labs unveils football version of NBA Top Shot. In September, Dapper Labs announced that it had struck a deal to translate its mega successful NBA Top Shot formula to pro football teaming with the National Football League and NFL Players Association to launch an NFL-branded NFT platform. Now we know what they're calling it. Dapper's new platform is named NFL All Day, and it's still planned to launch sometime during the current NFL season. Running on the same flow blockchain as Top Shot, NFL All Day will initially debut in a closed beta test before opening to the wider public. Prospective collectors can sign up for early access via a waiting list. Functionally, NFL All Day appears to be very similar in approach to Top Shot, focusing on collectible NFTs moments made from official videos, highlights of top league plays. By the way, those are really cool. I don't know if you've seen, those, seen any of those, but they're pretty cool. I haven't seen them yet, but I'm sure I will. Yeah. In NFL. Uh, NFL in an NFT acts as a blockchain-based deed of ownership to a digital item, and each Top Shot moment comes in an addition of ranging from hundreds to tens of thousands of individual number pieces. The first NFL All Day pack will feature top players such as Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick uh, Mahomes. Hopefully, I don't mess that up. Los Angeles Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey and Seattle Seahawks receiver DK Metcalf. Uh, Dapper revealed today. Uh, other players will be featured in the first pack, including Trayvon Trayvon Diggs, uh, Mar Marquise Brown, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, and Josh Allen. Dapper Labs head uh, head of partnership, Katie Tedman, told Decrypt in September that signing the NFL was the holy grail of American sports, and that the deal came together really quick. In the run up to the announcement, the NFL. The NFL was notably slower to embrace NFTs than the NBA or Major League Baseball. All right, cool. We'll leave it at that. It's a little more, but that's fine. Cool. Oops. We're not into sports, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, actually, let me read this last little paragraph here. Dapper has an array of upcoming sports-centric launches as it broadens its scope beyond the NBA. In addition to NFL All Day, the firm is developing NFL. NFT platforms for Spain's La Liga Soccer and the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Okay. We did talk about those in the past. So, mm -hmm. moving on to a proposed legislation to prohibit private cryptocurrencies in India sparks confusion. Mm -hmm. Andrew Asmakov writes, India is in spotlight again as Prime Minister Nahendra Modi's government said on Tuesday it was preparing to introduce a bill prohibiting all private cryptocurrencies in the country. Included, how are you going to do that? No. Included in the legislative agenda for the winter session beginning on November 29th, Cryptocurrency and Regulation of Official Digital Currency Bill 2021 is also seeking to establish a framework for the Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC, which, could, which would be issued by the Reserve Bank of India. Here's a tweet about it. Though the bill includes banning all private cryptocurrencies, it would still allow the promotion of 
the underlying blockchain technology and its potential application. The bill was first proposed in January this year and appears to be unchanged since then. In response to the move, Indian crypto businesses have formed associations to lobby the government for a regulatory framework that would strike the right balance between the state and crypto industry. However, the devil is in the language, which leaves plenty of room for interpretation. Not, it's not exactly clear, for example, what the bill implies with the terminology of the private currencies. Private could refer to coins like Monero, Dash, and Zcash, which are capable of obfuscating transaction information to offer privacy to users. On the other hand, stablecoins like Tether, USDT, and USD coin, or USDC, can be considered private cryptocurrencies, since they are issued by privately owned companies Tether and Circle, respectively. Harping on the term private cryptocurrencies suggests that the policymakers are still grappling with the nuances, pardon me, nuances of this transformative, rapidly evolving technology, Sharat Chandra, a blockchain and emerging technology evangelist, told the Indian Express. The news of the cryptocurrency regulation bill tabled for consideration led to immediate speculation that a blanket ban on crypto in India would force local exchanges to stop operations. The panic ultimately created a sizable arbitrage opportunity for traders between these markets. At one point on Tuesday, the discount for USDT reached as much as 15% on leading crypto exchanges like Juarez X and CoinDCX. While maintaining the expected one to one peg with the US dollar and foreign platforms. Like prices bouncing back since then, a minor discount remains at press time with USDT changing hands at just above 0.98 or 98 cents, um, or 73 rupees, I think is that equivalent there, um, as opposed to, is it, is it rupees? Their, their, their currency, their Indian currency, anyways, as opposed to a uh, previous average of. 98 or 74, basically no different than US dollars. <laughs> um, nevertheless, way off from $1 like a stablecoin should be. Crypto business leaders in India have also chimed in, suggesting that the latest news is just the beginning of more to come. What's that mean again? This is not the end, but the beginning of crypto regulations in India, tweeted uh, Nishal Shetty, founder of CEO of Wazir's, Wazir X. According to Shetty, there will be discussions, but ultimately innovation will win. I'm glad he's optimistic on this. Um, there's not much more here. This is not the first time India has weighed in anti-crypto legislation. Uh, a controversial 2019 draft bill proposed a widespread ban on cryptocurrencies, going as far as including up to 10 years imprisonment in case of direct or indirect use of cryptocurrencies. That sounded pretty harsh. I remember that. This legislation never became law. However, this week's news indicates that the government is again mulling its options. One of the fastest growing crypto markets in the world, India's stance on the industry could likely ripple around the world. Data collected from blockchain analytics from Chainalysis ranked India second in terms of adoption metrics. The firm measured the amount on chain crypto value received, on chain retail value transferred, and peer to peer exchange tra uh, trade volume between June 2020 and June 2021. Emerging economies like Vietnam, India, Pakistan, Ukraine, Kenya, and Nigeria dominated the top five spots, with Synalysis uh, citing large transaction volumes on local peer-to-peer -peer platform as the prime driver. So yeah, India, get your head out of the sand.
right. Let's go on to the next one right here. Written by Scott Zippolina. U.S. regulators clarify banks' cryptocurrencies' permissions. Hmm? The Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, OCC, today published a letter instructing banks and federal savings, savings associations that they must demonstrate adequate control prior to engaging in crypto-related activities. Today, the letter reaffirmed the pri pri primacy? Primacy? primacy primacy of safety and soundness. Providing this clarity will help ensure that those cryptocurrencies distributed ledgers, ledgers and stablecoin activities will be conducted by national banks and federal savings associations in a safe and sound manner, said Michael J. Su, Act Comptroller. Because many of these technologies and products present novel risk, banks must be able to, de to demonstrate that they have appropriate risk management systems and controls in place to conduct them safely, Sue added. The letter provided a degree of regulatory clarity for banks and federal savings associations insofar as they can refer to their relative uh, supervisory office to provide notice that they intend to carry out crypto-related activities. In turn, the proposed activity can then be reviewed and potentially permission to carry out said activities and can be granted. The International View on Cryptocurrencies The OCC's letter strikes a similar tone to that of international regulators who have assessed the crypto industry as it pertains to banking. IOSCO, Securities Regulators of the Bank for International Settlements, recently said in a report that stablecoin must be subject to the same rules as traditional payments. This report marks significant progress in understanding the implications of stablecoin arrangements for the financial systems and providing clear and practical guidance on the standards they need to maintain its integrity, IOSCO Chair Ashley Adler said in a statement. The Bank for the International Settlements also said this year that the banks must set aside sufficient capital to cover any losses that they may suffer over any crypto assets holdings. Mm. Okay. Yeah, a lot of financial speak in that one, but basically it's a clarification of cryptocurrency here. Regulators are trying to get more nitty-gritty out, out of what's going on. Mm. What exactly is going on here? We don't know. Well, let's regulate it then. <laughs> <laughs> Normalize everything is the government's typical demand. From Andrew Hayward, Ethereum metaverse tokens keep climbing. Yes, they do. Mana, sand, hit all-time highs, including Gala, which they haven't mentioned in his headline. <clears throat> Hype around the rising metaverse is still soaring. Sorry. Following Facebook's corporate rebrand to Meta and Ethereum-based metaverse projects are reaping the benefits. Way to go, Facebook. You just messed everything up. On Tuesday night, Decentraland's MANA token and the Sandbox SAND token hit all-time highs, continuing their recent surges. MANA hit a new peak of $5.30 overnight. I remember that because I was watching it. According to data from CoinGecko, although it has pulled back to just under $5, as it was writing, even so, the token is up 20% over the last 24 hours, with a staggering 540% climb over the past 30 days. Sand popped up to the all-new all new high of $7.22 overnight and reverting to a $6.69 as of the writing. That's a 25% gain over the past 24 hours, with even more impressive 30-day gain of 747%, like the airplane. Sorry. Both Decentraland and Sandbox are Ethereum-based virtual world games in which the players can purchase and customize land plots in a shared, perpetual online world. Now, i make a comment about this even if it's further in here. Sand isn't playable, it's still in the alpha. 
Decentraline isn't necessarily a playable thing. It's more of just a virtual environment. Mm -hmm. So just make those points. Uh, Decentraline launched publicly in February 2020. And while it was early to the increasingly, bu increasingly buzzy metaverse space, it has benefited significantly from the recent hype. No, I paid for my, I thought I was paying a lot for mana when it was 30 cents. <laughs> uh, it has benefited significantly from the recent hype. The sandbox is not yet live, as I may, may mention. The developers will launch a limited alpha test on November 29th, already a planned wide release in 2022. Metaverse refers to a future era of the internet in which users interact in a shared 3D space using avatars. Kind of like the Oasis, if you've seen Ready Player One. It's expected to be a more immersive experience that can encompass all kinds of online interactions, including communication, games, and even work. Facebook wants to be the leader of that space and recently rebranded its parent company, Meta, uh, to prove its commitment to the future metaverse. But many crypto startups are pushing back against our centralized firms trying to assert their claims of the future online space. Many crypto enthusiasts believe that the metaverse should be a fully open and interoperable space, letting users utilize their own NFT assets across spaces, games, and platforms. Both the Central End and the Sandbox have seen their tokens skyrocket in price from the start of the year. Mana started out 2021 at a price of $0.08, cents, while Sand was worth less than $0.04 cents per token. Each saw a pretty gradual rise in value up uh, up until late October, then multiplied in value several times over following Facebook's big metaverse reveal. Man and Sand aren't the only gaming-adjacent crypto assets up over the last 24 hours. Either Immutable X is scaling a solution designed for Ethereum games on NFTs and is up nearly 9% to 8.25 cents of this writing, while its gaming platform engine, Token Engine Coin, is up 8%. See, it's no mention of Gala anywhere in there at all, even though it's up way more than both of these. <laughs> now, not in total market cap, but in, in total percentage of increase, because for a while that was up 400%. So I guess it just needs to reach the top 10 or something, or top you know 20 for, the, for anybody to pay attention to Gala, because Gala's already got like five games. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's almost like it, Gala, but, Gala only started its alpha last year at the same time. But November seventeenth of the was released. But Gala doesn't have a metaverse, does it? It's just uh, 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 its own like isolated games, right? It it is a metaverse in the sense that it has multiple games that you can transfer uh, NFT tokens between. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, um, you can transfer the coin between. Obviously, it's used in, across all the games. Now, Town Token is not Town is only used for Town Star, the first game that came out. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that's sad, at least to me, is. They've been promising Miranda, which is the second game that they've been developing, that's kind of mm -hmm. like uh, the Sandbox, for like months. Many, many, many months now, and they still haven't even released the Alpha yet. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're, the thing that bugs me about all these, these things, and I think it's just because these... Uh, Decentraline is ready to go, right? It's already available. There's already people in it. You can already go there. You can already do things. That's already po possible. But the problem with, with Decentraline is it's not so much a game. It's just a space, right? And that's mm -hmm. probably what the metaverse intent is. But um, the sandbox, like I said, it's not even open yet. Now, it'll be open the next week, soon enough, right, by Monday. But the thing that bugs me about it is that there's all these tokens you can buy, but you can't even do anything. It's like, great. You can't even, unless you were lucky enough to get into the alpha, which maybe you can by buying their NFTs. Um, but, and, and I know I'm ranting on this, but one of the problems I've had for the longest time 
with this. And it's the only reason I keep bringing up Upland. Upland deliberately makes uh, some of its NFTs a default flat rate price mm -hmm. so that any noob can get in for anything. If you just start with Upland, and I know I'm plugging it, but I'm plugging it because I'm making it as a contrast. Upland, you can get in for free, no buy-in. They give you some of their tokens, which is automatically, here's, here's some tokens so you can go and buy, buy property in, in Upland. Now, Upland isn't a game per se, but you can go and immediately buy property or NFT properties within the, within the uh, space. And there are certain properties that are absolutely reserved only for noobs, for new people coming in. You can eventually sell them as a new player to someone else, but you have to wait up to like two months before that can even happen. And so I, I like the fact that they did that. They said, no, you people with millions and millions of dollars or thousands of ETH, you can't just come in here and buy whatever you want, you know, and, and own the entire space. And that is exactly what happened in Decentraland. When I first got into Decentraland, the very first time I stepped in, almost the entire thing was gone. It was the same thing with um, um, Mega Cryptopolis. Wanted to buy something in Mega Cryptopolis, but the cheapest What's Cryptopolis? property in there. It's, it's another metaverse that no one's talking about. But um, Mega Cryptopolis is a huge city space. It looks it's basically Sim City on, on blockchain, mm -hmm. um, but a gargantuan, huge, huge um, mega, Go mega city gobs. that it is. Yes, much bigger than that actually. Um, but the the point I'm trying to say is that uh, once I got in there, I mean, I'm coming in with you know maybe a couple hundred dollars in ETH. There's nothing to buy. There's, I can't even buy like like a, a signpost because everything has been jacked up by all the people getting in early that all had, that had you know thousands and thousands of dollars worth of ETH. And how am I supposed to compete with that? I mean, the the, the rants that I'm basically getting on about is if you want everyone to be able to have a level platform getting in, you need to make it so that there are things like an upland that, that people with no money can get into. You can only have one account, so you got to make that one account worthwhile. And it's the same thing as being a, a normal person. You can't. You get in there like, oh, I just want to play, just to, just to experience this this thing. And you're like, well, the entire platform is already you know blown up, and everything costs thousands of ETH. Who's going to be able to play except the right. you know ultra rich? So that was that's what I like about Upland. Um, but and like I said, Decentraland, all these different things. There's, there's so many different problems with it, but this is the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually something better will come along. Sandbox is just one example of, of many right. where someone will actually get get the right idea and make it so that everyone can play fairly. You know, um, my... Instead of, sorry, sorry, go ahead. You know, my first purchase on... Uh, uh, my first purchase of crypto was Bitcoin, and the, that first purchase occurred in a metaverse years ago before any other crypto really came out it was in second life yes yeah right yes so that was a metaverse back then it still exists today there's still a lot of people there it's still active it wouldn't mm -hmm. surprise me that they transition into uh into crypto and and utilize that this, the only other argument I want to bring up is it's the one that people say about uh, regular MMO games, online games. The reason a lot of the companies don't want uh, a blockchain interface is because they don't want the greater outside market to be controlling factor in their internal market. This is the reason that Blizzard, when they when they did this with Diablo, uh, after a while stopped allowing people to sell um, items out to uh, outside users. Said, no, 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 we're going to do this all internally. You can't do that anymore. 
-hmm. And the reason for that was that that people were basically gaming the market. And and not that they shouldn't be, because that's a natural open market would do that. Um, But it made it really unfair for people who just didn't have millions of dollars. You couldn't just buy your way into the game and become the biggest and baddest ever. So you basically don't have to have any skill. You just buy whatever you need because you're wealthy and then go and play the game and, you know, basically wreck it for everybody else. And that's Blizzard was trying to not have. I can understand that. that, And there's a delicate balance that I'm sure no one has figured out, else they would be doing it now. To make it fair, people are trying to figure out a way of doing that. Not trying to harp on this forever, but it is something of meaning to me. I'm, I'm not yeah, just in the gaming space because it makes me money. I'm in the gaming space because it is in something I have interest in. So mm, nice. All right, let's move on to the next one. Written by Jeff Benson. Ethereum has burned one million ETH since August hard fork. Talk about gross. Ethereum, the smart contract enabled network that Three Arrows Capital founder Suzu publicly. What is that? De- uh, de- denigrated. Denigrated this week for putting profits over people has burned 1 million ETH since the since an August protocol upgrade. That's roughly $4.3 billion worth of cryptocurrencies that's been taken out of circulation and destroyed. Though it might not be worth it, worth as much uh, as much had it not been destroyed. In early August, Ethereum developer updated the blockchain with EIP-1559 in Ethereum improvement proposal that instituted a base fee, not for miners who validate network transactions, but for the network to take out of circulation. The change was designed to slow the token's growth rate and boost its price while also alleviating some of the worst elements of the network congestion by increasing block size to include more transactions. It's been successful on at least one of those counts. Since the early August update, the Ethereum network has issued nearly 1.5 million new ETH as reward to miners, but it has burned 1 million ETH, collect, uh, 1 million ETH collected in fees, resulting in a net uh, issuance of just around a half a million, according to data site Watch the Burn. I'll bet it. I'll bet it. I'll bet it. I'll bet it. Abetted by a decrease in supply growth, the price of ETH has rocketed from under $3,000 to nearly $4,500 in that time span per CoinGecko. The number of two cryptocurrencies by market capitalization is trading hands at $4,286 at press time. For what it's worth, Bitcoin has seen comparable growth without any comparable updates moving from sub-$40,000 territory on August 3rd to just under $58,000 today. But whereas Bitcoin has been able to keep average transaction fees below $5 each day, over the last three months, average Ethereum fees have been above $10 and regularly ascends past $50. Ethereum's burn metric under fire. Those numbers uh, ostensibly triggered Zoo, who invest in Ethereum along with other layer 1 blockchains such as Solana and Avalanche, to disavow the network over the weekend, though he later said he got carried away. And here's a tweet from from uh, Suzu. It says, yes, I have abandoned Ethereum despite supporting it in the past. Yes, Ethereum has abandoned its users despite supporting them in the past. The idea of sitting around jerking off watching the burn and, conco- and concocting purity tests while zero newcomers can afford the chain is gross. Zoo wrote. That may be well. Uh, that may well be true as high gas fees combined with high coin prices keep those on the outside of Ethereum looking in. But to those already invested, the burn is indefinitely better than a fire sale. 
Mm-mm-mm. I huh? was once on the inside, and now I'm on the out, man. <laughs> yeah. After my sale today of coin, and I and I sold it at 48, and it immediately shot up to 58, and I was like, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Missed out on another easily, like, two or three grand. And I was just like, eh, fuck, how am I supposed to? Can't, nobody, nobody, nobody knows the future. If we did, we would have the ultimate diamond hands, right? Right. So, People would be like, why, why are you buying up all that shit coin? Hmm? Why are you buying all that shit coin? That, that, that gall is worth nothing. Just wait, man. Just wait. <laughs> Some people have, like that guy who bought it, was it $800 worth of sheep and then it was worth $5.5 a month ago? Mm-hmm. That guy had some, uh, he, he saw the writing on the wall. Anyways, Andrew Asmakoff writes, Nansen adds support for Ethereum Layer 2 scaling solution, Arbitrum. Arbitrum. <clears throat> to an analytics platform, Nansen announced it will soon support Arbitrum, a second layer scaling solution operated on top of Ethereum blockchain. Nansen offers investors and traders a network of real-time dashboards and alerts centered on such areas as DeFi and NFT, allowing them to discover opportunities, perform due diligence, and make strategic portfolio decisions. Very smart. Currently, the Singapore-based company supports Ethereum, Polygon, Binance Smart Chain, Phantom, as well as integration from Solana coming in 2022. What is Arbitrum? I think we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. Launched in August of this year by Offchain Labs, a New Jersey-based startup led by former White House Deputy Chief of Technology Ed Felton, Arbitrum leverages a technology called Optimistic Rollup. Rollups are not fruit Sorry, rollups are designed to, to tackle Ethereum's biggest challenges, speed and cost of transactions. With over $2.7 billion of total value locked, TVL, in DeFi protocols, Arbitrum is currently the largest Ethereum layer network, or two network, supported by such large DeFi projects as Aave, Uniswap, and OneInch, among others. It has approximately 2,500 verified contracts and it's by adding uh, an average 12 more contracts every day since September. In terms of processing capacity, Arbitrum should allow for 40,000 transactions per second, TPS, and a significant cost advantage over using Ethereum at the base layer, currently $3.07 versus $8.29 on Ethereum, according to L2 fees. Currently, Arbitrum is working on further reducing fees by 90 to 95 percent, meaning that users will be able to mint an NFT or transfer ETH on ETH for tens of cents, according to Nansen's data. This is awesome. The total daily amount of gas fees spent on Arbitrum has also been consistently lower than that on Ethereum mainnet. The noticeable spike for September 12th is due to the launch of Layer 2 yield farm called Ar- uh, Aribenayan. <laughs> Ar- Ar- Arby Nyan, excuse me. Nyan, 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 Arbitrum also claims that to solve the blockchain trilemma, or the ability to simultaneously maintain maximum decentralization, high scalability, and a network security, early layer one solutions like Ethereum and Bitcoin prioritize decentralization and security, but sacrifice scalability as evidenced by the high gas fees today, explained Alex Svenik. Uh, Sven. Sven Evik, CEO of Nansen. Likewise, other competing Layer 1 solutions such as Solana and EOS sacrifice decentralization since only 200 uh, and 200 or, and 21 nodes respectively control the, their network. 
In turn, centralization also affects security because it increases the chance of 51% attack. Mm -hmm. Arbitrum's other advantage, according to Nansen, is that currently it is the most EVM-compatible Layer 2 solution, which makes it almost trivial for developers to uh, migrate existing Ethereum applications to rollups because they don't have to rewrite the code. EVM, or the Ethereum Virtual Machine, offers the same tools as a hardware computer or a laptop, but is built using software and code. The EVM exists to execute the various operations on the Ethereum network. There are, however, several other blockchains that use the same VM or the interoperable with EVM. Not only is Arbitrum very attractive to developers, but also consequently to users, as more decentralized apps get integrated into the Arbitrum rollup. This is evidenced by the increasing number of unique address unique addresses using Arbitrum, said Nansen. Another reason why Nansen believes that rollups like Arbitrum will dominate the scaling solutions landscape in the coming years is that they are built on Ethereum, the world's most popular smart contract platform. This gives them the first mover advantage, and as Nansen believes, rollups like Arbitrum should be the first scaling solutions not only for the proof-of-work version of Ethereum, but for the but as well for the upcoming ETH 2.0, or proof-of-stake. Unlike but let's see how much more I've got. No, not much more. Uh, unlike what most people believe about ETH 2.0 making rollups obsolete, mm, rollups, data sharding, and uh, that just sounds nasty. The second step in ETH 2.0 is focused on accelerating rollups, said the analysts. According to Anson, the scalability of rollups throughput is exponential and could reach up to 15 million TPS wow. by 2030. Wow. For the reasons, for these reasons, it is clear that rollups like Arbitrum are uniquely positioned to lead those, this wave of Ethereum scalability solutions in the near future, said Sven Evik. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Moreover, the potential of rollups in the long run is not limited to Ethereum only. Anson believes that the future scalability solutions is a much more complex system of interdependent scaling solutions on multiple layer one chains. For now, however, the analytics platform is betting big on, a, on Arbitrum. Go Arbitrum. That was long. Long, but was it comprehensible? Uh, yeah, for the most part. But did you have that, that, to say all that? I mean, I, I think yeah, what I was I trying to... I was going into the idea that I wanted to read it all because I wanted to get mm -hmm. collective purpose out. Um, it It's a complex thing, but it's 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 leading to a lot of different things. I realize it's more of a sales pitch than anything else, but it's 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 something that's supposed to be user-friendly and, and, and make Ethereum not suck, which we know it definitely does. I do like the fact that they're saying, you know, it's so it's so easy to move over. You just have to have a laptop and some code, and boom, you're done. You know, how hard can that be? Not maybe for all users, but for people who are developing on, on it, it should be very easy. But at the same time, I mean, as they say, 15, 15 trillion TPS transactions per second in 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 by twenty thirty. Mm. That's actually look. That's actually the future thought that uh, Vitalik Buterin should have had if he'd known. He didn't have a crystal ball at the time. Um, what we know now, right? That's what it, this this whole purpose is for. What Nansen's doing to Arbitrum. So they're actually preparing for what they expect to be like uh, the number of transactions per second that, that Mastercard or Visa do per per you know per day. Mm -hmm. Their TPS is is not that high, but it's probably on the order of fifty thousand transactions per second. 
Yeah. We do this, Ethereum will actually stay in the limelight and not go away to Solana or or uh, Avalanche or Terra, even though it's obviously doing that now. But if people see the, the value in Arbitrum, then uh, I think your Ethereum will no longer... It's, it's like the Lightning Network on top of Bitcoin, right? I transfer money, Lightning. Use Bitcoin. Anyways, lightning. I'm going to talk about Are NFTs. NFTs. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's uh, switch over there real quick. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? NFT is Collins. Collins Dictionary 2020. Oh, really? Uh, written mm -hmm. by Stephen Gray's. NFT is Collins Dictionary 2021 Word of the Year. Interesting. The Collins Dictionary has announced that NFT is its 2021 word of the year beating out a short list of contender contenders contenders including double vaxxed uh <clears throat> hyper working and sh what is that shugi i've never heard of that Shugi, yeah. shugi to claim the top <laughs> spot collins defines an nft short for non-fungible tokens as a unique digital certificate registered in the blockchain that is used to record ownership of an asset such as an artwork or a collectible. As a noun, the term describes an asset whose ownership is recorded by means of a non-fungible token. NFT's bumper year. NFTs have been shot to have shot to prominence in 2021 with the $69 million sale of an NFT artwork by digital artist Beeple in March, sparking a rush of interest in the tokens. The art world has rushed to cash in on the opportunity presented by NFTs, by my book, with vulnerable auction house Christie's and Sotheby's hosting the auction of the digital assets and NFT exhibitions in venues ranging from uh, galleries to London's Mayfair to Russia's state uh, hermit, uh, was that hermit? Hermitage. 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 Museum. Yeah. NFTs from projects including CryptoPunks to Board 8 Yacht Club have sold for millions of dollars while the crypto avatars became the flex of choice for celebrities on Twitter, for uh, which itself announced plans to verify NFT avatars. Celebrities from Quentin Tarantino to Martha Stewart have raced to launch their own NFTs following the footsteps of big brands. Visa even bought its own CryptoPunk to add its, to its collection of historic comrades uh, artifacts. Interestingly, one of the other contenders for Collins' Word of the Year points to the possible future of NFT's metaverse. The metaverse, a shared virtual world, has become a, the buzzword du, du jour in recent weeks du after... What is it? It means of the day. Yeah, du, du jour, right? Du jour? Mm -hmm. Du jour. In recent weeks after Facebook announces plans to rebrand as meta, a metaverse-first company. Microsoft and Nike, Nike quickly followed suit with their own metaverse plays. Central to this, sh to this shared virtual world of the idea of digital ownership, which participates, which participants able to buy virtual lands, plots, and own virtual objects that can be carried between different metaverse platforms. That's awesome. And those items mm -hmm. will likely be represented by NFTs. That's awesome. It's setting the stage for a battle between advocates of an open metaverse such as Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney and Kraken CEO Jesse Powell and those who are pushing for a more centralized metaverse. One thing's for sure, NFTs are going to be part of the conversation for a long time to come. Absolutely. Yep. Undoubtedly. This is well, just the NFTs that huh? just need to figure out how to sell, sell all my Panacoin as NFTs, you know, the ones mm -hmm. that, that Mike mended for us. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, these are great. They're pandas. Look, Panda coin. 
All right, last but not least, Senate Banking Committee quizzes stablecoin issuers on business safeguards. I'm sure this will be interesting, not. That's by Scott Cipollina. United States Senate Banking Committee, SPC, not uh, the SPC from the 90s, never mind, has issued a letter to stablecoin issuers considering, concerning their business practices and safeguards. Ron Hammond, the Director of Government Relations at the Blockchain Association, tweeted that issuers were sent letters include who were sent letters include Coinbase, Gemini, Circle, Paxos, Trust Token, Center, Binance.us, and Tether. The letter follows up the from the recent President's Working Group report on the financial markets, in which the SPC claims that stablecoins present investor risk and raise several marketing integrity concerns. The letter outlined specific questions that require responses by December 3rd of this year. First and foremost, SPC has asked issuers to describe the basic purchase, exchange, and minting processes for U.S. dollars, as if they knew. Second, the letter requests a detailed explanation of how individuals can redeem the stable coins to and receive U.S. dollars. Obviously, it's based off the U.S. dollar, so it should be stable. So the U.S. dollar stable. Third, the USB, the SBC, sorry, the SBC is asking issuers to outline since inception how many tokens have been issued and how many have been redeemed. This is followed up by a fourth question that can be described as a stress test query. Briefly characterize the market or operational conditions that would prevent a purchase or a redemption or blah, 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 blah. The point is it's a word problem from high school. Fifth, issuers have been asked to identify any trading platforms that have enhanced capabilities, privileges, or special arrangements with respect to issued stablecoin. Um, and there's not much more to this, but basically I'm going to mock it the rest of the time. Lastly, the SBC has asked the stablecoin issuers to summarize any internal reviews that may have conducted about how specific levels of redemptions could affect the stablecoin, including the, con the convertibility into U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. The basic gist is um, we don't like what you're doing, and we're going to make a mockery of you until you stop doing it. Um, Janet Yellen. All right. No, it's, I don't. I, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it feels very overreaching. It's kind of this. Um, by the way, uh, people with not very much money are really stupid, and we don't want you to, to basically take all their money. So you need to be upfront with us about what you're doing, so that we can be your parent and tell you mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I mean, I get it. I get it that they're trying to protect people. I get that. But they're being overprotective. Let people lose their money. Mm -hmm. you know? Some people have to learn. If you never if you never learn how to to work with your money, you're going to be poor. Right. You know? <laughs> so what do you oh. think? Are there some other uh, news articles out there that we can possibly plug in? I mean, at least read some highlights here. Let's let's read a couple highlights. See if there's anything really good. Mm -hmm. How easy is spending Bitcoin in El Salvador? We went to find out. That's actually a good one. Um, I want to try to get somebody from El Salvador on the podcast. Hopefully soon, mm. now that the, this has been going on for a few months over in El, Sal El, Sal El Salvador with El Chivo Wallet. <laughs> Constitution doubt to shut down and refund contributors. Uh, there you think about that. Uh, yeah, we read it's that. It for them. Yep. <laughs> and Macy's launches Ethereum NFT collection based on Thanksgiving Day parade. Okay, Regal Regal Ape AMC now accepts Bitcoin. What? Uh, Ethereum Dogecoin mm -hmm. for movie tickets. Man, AMC is just trying to come back to life. That's what they're trying to do, man. They're trying to be relevant. After all those people invested in them, they, they're probably going, "Hey, we got all this money now. We can do something with it." Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me that those those investors from uh, what is it, uh, Wall Street? Uh, what is it? What is it called again? 
Wall Street. Those guys. Street are bets. Best. Huh? Oh, Wall Street bets. Street yeah. Bets. Why didn't I think of that? Three, three letters, right? Wall Street bets. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't surprise me that, that that all those guys that bought the stock are making these decisions, or at least inputting these ideas that AMC should do that. My opinion, I don't know really what really goes on in the office behind closed doors, but hey, it doesn't surprise me if that's a thing. U.S. banking regulators to focus on stablecoins, crypto custody in 2022. Good luck. Pokemon Go creator Niantic Labs Fold launches Bitcoin hunting AR game. Yes, yes, yes. Not content with <laughs> gamers, gamers capturing digital monsters, Niantic Labs, the company behind Pokemon Go, is taking things to a new level, enabling Fold app users to cash Bitcoin rewards. Yes. I have both of those apps. I have, obviously, Pokemon Go, still played since day one, and I have the Fold mm -hmm. app that I check out every single day. Highly recommend it. I think we do actually have a referral link, right? I think we do. I'm pretty sure we do. Yeah. Description below, below, below. Railable adds messenger features to Ethereum NFT marketplace. Awesome. Australian regulators chase $21 million in Bitcoin stored in alleged fraudster's cold wallet. Okay. Elon Musk, of course, the meme master. Binance CEO in Twitter spat over crypto exchange Dogecoin wallet. Okay. Paris Hilton, who cares, joins $20 million investments in NFT platform Origin. Binance increases presence in Ireland amid questions over headquarters. That's actually a good topic, dude. I don't know if you've been following Binance's, uh, I guess, their their actual central location, because that's what they've been kind of uh, shunned about, that they don't actually have a central uh, location. So there's a few places that they're talking about. So Ireland yeah. seems a natural place, actually. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies... A lot of companies who are interested in Europe's market will base themselves on Ireland. I know that Apple and Google did because mm -hmm. the, the taxes are very lenient in Ireland, and Ireland did that on purpose. Yeah. El Salvador dollar-dominated bond crash as country launches Bitcoin alternative. Wait, hold on. Read that again? What? El Salvador, Salvador dollar-dominated bonds crash, crash as country launches Bitcoin the companies, the uh, I mean, the country's bonds are crashing. Because of the Bitcoin alternative. Jesus. Uh, just shows you how much stability they have. That's exactly. why I, I hope... I hope, I hope that Bitcoin continues to uh, to be injected in El Salvador to bring their economy and their people some good so sovereignty, right? I, I want to see all mm -hmm. nations be that way, not just El Salvador, all nations. First world, second world, third world, uh, fourth world nations, all around the world, to the moon and beyond. Fourth world. <laughs> Queen of Thanksgiving, Martha Stewart cooks up new batch of Ethereum NFTs. Beautiful, Martha Stewart. In the last, just just as a quick injection here, that's not news explicit to decrypt, but mm -hmm. in the last time, we've been recording for an, a little over an hour, right? Oh. And in that time, Gala has gone from 50, 54th place to fifty first place on the market, and has jumped four cents. <laughs> Jesus, then we should it's record. Another, ladder, we should record for another hour, then, so it can go up even higher. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt it will, but I mean, every single time I think it's going to go down, it keeps going back up again. Mm -hmm. like, right. Stop it already. Yeah. I'll go ahead and wrap this up for us, Jake. Yeah. All righty. Um, thank you. If you've been watching and following us all this time, we really appreciate it. And if you want to show your appreciation, you can like this video if you're on YouTube. We appreciate that greatly. If you want to keep following us, you should subscribe and hit that notification bell. We record every Wednesday and every Sunday. 
pretty much rain or shine since it's only on the internet. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, check us out on Discord where there's always a lot of stuff happening, but there's definitely a lot more stuff, stuff happening right now on Twitter and live spaces where John is hosting regular events, although our Crypto Chill and Chat is only every other Sunday at this moment. We're also on Patreon where you can subscribe at 3 5 or $10. If the higher levels you get, oh, we're, oh, that's right, I forgot to mention we're going to do that sticker thing in the near future, but that's that's under wraps. You'll you get more information in the near, uh, coming up. So the uh, uh, you can join us there or you can contribute uh, in crypto format on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, or Basic Attention Token. All descriptions and addresses in the link description down below. Hello, hello, hello. All right, Kryptonauts. With that said, happy Thanksgiving to, I guess, to, to the, I guess, the Westerners, Americans. right? The Westerners <laughs> here in the States. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody here. As to everyone else, I will be recording a podcast tomorrow for somebody that doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. And it's going to be an awesome project coming up. I, I, You know what? Let's just record it and see what comes out of that. It's one of those things that uh, it's a, it's a spinoff of another project. And we'll see how far they got to this point. And it's, it's a fairly new project that they're doing, that they're trying to build on. Uh, it, it, we'll see. We'll see how things go. They're still new, so don't be judgmental. Just just accept it and, and try to learn what they're doing as a community. And that's what I like when new projects like this come on board and saying, hey, we got we got these great minds and we want to develop uh, a, a, a fork and make it even better. Okay, good. I applaud you. Keep going, man. If you can, if you got, if you have a team and you guys can think you guys can do it better, awesome. I support you, man. Keep doing it. That's why I'm having them on the podcast tomorrow. So, with that said, Kryptonauts, until next time, stack sats and huddle. <laughs>